The Friday GAA Podcast, with thanks to GAA Go, official home for live and on-demand GAA match streaming worldwide. Goal on here, goal chance for Conor McGrath, surely give it in, Conor. Mackie heading it towards the 21 metre line. Keep Mackie still going. Go on, goal is up for Cats. Oh, what a goal. I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now, anywhere in the world. It's time to take Sam to throne. If you look back in sporting history, you'll see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly. Will stick in your mind at the champions who showed car. I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. A small change before the game, worth the street. I think it looks like Donovan Connor back. Wild effort on goal. It's over! Good afternoon. It is the Friday GA podcast on Off the Ball, but it's on a Thursday. Dave McIntyre and Owen Sheehan and Tommy Rooney. Good afternoon, lads. How's it going? Hey, fellas. All our GA coverage brought to you with thanks to Borgosh Energy, proud sponsors of the All-Ireland Under-21 Hurling Championship. Massive win, as we know, for Waterford, ending a bit of a drought in Munster at that grade, beating Tipperary in the Munster Hurling final, but it will not be hurling we will be discussing over the next half an hour or so. We're having a look ahead to the weekend's GA. We're into Croke Park. We won't be travelling anywhere else between now and the end of the season. And we have two games live and exclusively on Off The Ball this weekend. Saturday afternoon, we will be bringing you full commentary of Mayo's final round qualifier with Westmead. That's a six o'clock throw-in. Interesting commentary team as well. Alongside me in the comms box, we'll have Conor McManus and Emmett Bolton, both making their News Talk co-commentary debuts. And Mossy Quinn will be pitch side for us. And then Sunday afternoon, it's Clare against Kerry. Again, Mossy will be patrolling the sideline beneath the Hogan Stand at Croke Park. And up in the commentary box beside me, we'll have Anthony Moyles and Kieran McGinney. So an awful Ooh. lot to look forward to. And of course, there are two other games as well taking place this weekend. There's the fourth round qualifier between Donegal and Cork, which is a four o'clock throw in a Croke Park. And then on Sunday, the second All-Ireland quarterfinal will be between Tip and Galway. And that is at four o'clock. So, lads, we four games to get through. Everything becomes far more simple from here on. Let's start with the first of our commentary games, Mayo-Westmead, Saturday evening. And maybe the obvious question is, can one of you give me a reason to believe that there could be a shock this Saturday evening? Do you want to hit the zone? <laughs> There's going to be radio silence. But, but before we get into the meat and bones of this game, have we all spotted the big battle in the lead up to this game? The big media titans going head to head. And by that I mean the Westmead Examiner going up against the Connacht Telegraph. No, I haven't seen this. There was a, a certain article written in the Connacht Telegraph uh, talking about how Mayo should win this at a canter. And then uh, Westmead get their act together in the Examiner and they put out this gorgeous line saying Mayo might be Gaelic football's perennial underachievers losing seven All-Ireland finals since 1989 but according to Connacht Telegraph journalist Aidan Henry Westmead should be easy pickings when the two sides meet at the weekend that doesn't get your blood boiling from a neutral perspective as to the carnage that's going to unfold on Saturday then I don't know what will yeah well they are perennial underachievers they have lost seven All-Irelands and Westmead should be easy pickings for Mayo (laughs) this weekend yeah I'm just trying to get something going here what I want to know is who is Tom Craven going to pinpoint on a Mayo team and tell his players to target. Whose discipline is suspect in the Mayo team? There would be some out there that would suggest Aidan O'Shea, but I think Aidan O'Shea is... Um, Aidan well, would push him off at one hand. ...well capable of dealing yeah. with that kind of stuff. And that's about it, really. It's, it's hard to pick anyone out, you know? Look, um, it'll be interesting. Whether Westmead, you will hope they'll have learned a little bit from the Dublin game, and Mayo are right now, at least, on the evidence of what we've seen in 2016, are not in the same league as the Dubs. No. And... 
I certainly won't be going as far to say is they're gettable, as that, that they're vulnerable. But if Westmead are a little more ambitious and show a little more attacking intent, I do think they've got a couple of players that could hurt potentially hurt Mayo. They could learn an awful lot from Kildare and how much ball Kildare won around the midfield area and maybe yeah. didn't do an awful lot with it at times when the game was in the mix. And obviously they'll have looked at what Fermanagh did and they've combined those two. Maybe they can make life awkward for Mayo this game. That, that's, what, that's exactly what I think they're going to do. Um, I think if you look at the two big talking points from the Dublin game was A, what you just mentioned, how they targeted Dean Connolly. And the second one was in that first half, how they managed to frustrate Dublin. Yeah. I think they'll probably do something similar to Mayo, but I don't think they're going to go about it in the right way. I, I certainly think Dublin, it was just a matter of time before they broke through. And of course, that's Dublin. But I also think it's because of this Westmead system that they set up. They're not that good defensively. They're not as good as Donegal are, say, breaking from the back. They just don't have that pace and speed. And I don't think they're going to be able to cause Mayo any problems going forward using that system. So personally, I, I think using, using trying to shut Mayo down, just going to be shooting Westmead in their own foot. Like, they, they might limit, to, limit it to a five-point deficit, but that's mm. about all it's going to do for them. The thing about Westmead is that they have superb individuals. They've got John Heston, mm. they've got the Egans, they've got Canellan. I know Ray won't be there, but John um, is a super footballer too. They have uh, Paul Sherry and <coughs> Kieran Martin. Sherry's going to be key, isn't he? You know, I mean, Sherry needs to win an awful lot of ball around mm. the middle of the field and in the in the half forward line. But they're and all Kieran really, Martin really needs good to drive with them. They are. They have. They do have good players. And they have the a lot right of system. experience in their team as mm. well. Um, I don't know. I I just would love to see. Westmead just throw the shackles off this time just around. Go for it. Absolutely. It's a Division 1 team against a Division 4 team. Like Westmead can't fall any further. Like they're starting 2017 in the basement here. They're playing Division 4 league football and they can't get away from that. So what if they lose by 15, 20 points on Saturday? but on the back of having a proper go at it. Mm. As opposed to losing, as you say, on by five or six points and never look remotely close to hurting May or getting themselves into the game. Mayo could concede a score. Like Kildare kicked a big score in, in, in McHale Park. Westmead beat Kildare. I know I'm going on form lines and that's yeah, usually yeah, yeah. an illogical thing to do. But Westmead should be confident that in their third visit to Croke Park this summer, it's Mayo's first, that they can just do something a little bit special on Saturday night. Can I put forward an hypothesis? So Mayo went into the qualifiers and they got through Fermanagh, whatever way they did it. They got through Kildare. A little bit of momentum. Then they have a little bit of a break and they find out they're playing Westmead. Is there a chance that Mayo could feel like, right, okay, we, we just have we, to turn up? We, we kind of just have to turn up here, lads. Like, for the last two weeks, have Mayo been tearing themselves apart in training sessions the way Kilkenny might they, do it? They can't afford to do that, though, can they? Because well, if they, they do get like, through this, Tyrone are waiting a week's time. Hmm. So Mayo have to hurt But have they got an game. eye on Tyrone already? I, I think that, I think Maybe. Maybe. I think you might be onto something. I think there. there's a danger. All I'm, all I'm saying is, I'm just trying to find something for a kernel for Westmead to latch on to here. I think there's definitely a danger that Mayo could be doing that. I think that you're totally onto something here, but I, I would disagree with the direction of how that motivation might play out because I think if Mayo were on the side of the draw that they were playing against Dublin, they'd be looking at this game to get a few goals because we know Mayo are going to need to start scoring goals badly at this stage. They're going to want to overturn someone like Tyrone. But if they had someone like Dublin coming down the tracks, then they'd really turn it on this weekend and go hell for letter into Dublin next weekend. Like I saw Trevor Mortimer talking this week that Mayo were on the right side of the draw. On paper, it kind of looks that way. But I'd much rather, if you've got real title-winning aspirations, which Mayo do, you're going to want to play Dublin in the quarterfinal. That's what I think. I think they should. I think they would be would have been far more happy to have uh, to have been on Dublin side of the draw because you're going to get a cold Dublin side. You're going to end up playing. I know they can't play Dublin until the final. It's hard to know. Stage. It's hard to know because then you could be 
you know, peaking a little bit. You're peaking in the quarterfinal then to beat Dublin, regardless of how you beat Dublin. Yeah, I mean, a Tyrone Mayo quarterfinal. You're dropping would be from there. But maybe, Tommy, maybe they do have more than one eye on Tyrone, and, and, and that'll cause them to take their eye off the ball this weekend against Westmead. It's unlikely. You'd think that if yeah, I, that I, I does happen, that do. Westmead will make it a close game. But yeah. it's very difficult to see them not managing to win on Saturday evening. Like, Jeremy O'Connor is back motoring. Um, he, he was adds, phenomenal against Kildare. If Evan he, Regan he adds, can, you know, make sure that and show us that the game yeah. against Kildare wasn't a. A flash in the pan. Mm. How many top class one-off performances have we seen from Mayo forwards who aren't Andy Moore and Killian O'Connor or Dermot O'Connor over the last 10 years? Many. If you look at the bench, they're still bringing Enda Varley, Jason Doherty and Alan Freeman off the bench. Yeah, They've been bringing those three boys off the bench for the last six years. Yeah. And, and even started Moore. Are you going to start Moore in Crow Park? Well, he was excellent against Kildare as that target man. I know he was. Obviously, maybe he doesn't have the pace that he had a few years <clears> back <throat> before his knee injury, but he still knows where the space is. He still knows how to get out in front of his man and he wins ball. And of course, his ability to lay off the ball is just as good as there is around at the moment. So I would think it would be very, very harsh on him if he doesn't start. I know you were on Ross Clare last weekend, <clears throat> but Danny Heaven's performance for Derry. Oh, it was magnificent. Yeah. In that role, like I know he wasn't playing that deep as a sweeper, but he was sort of in between the half-back line and the midfield, and he was just tearing away with the ball. I know maybe you're up against Tipperary, and that was a very open game. Tipperary obviously very good, but can Kevin McLaughlin play that role? I don't think... He has the legs. He mightn't have the, the, the <clears throat> conviction, but... I I just think that the way he's playing at the minute, he's just he's, he's in between. Yeah, well, they're not exploiting Kevin McLaughlin's no. strengths at the moment. They are playing him far deeper than they used to. I always associated Kevin McLaughlin with getting up and down the field. Yeah, he's this the incredible engine, like Brian Dewar yes, or Pat Kelly, for example. And he just isn't allowed to do that. He seems to be playing in a straitjacket at the moment. I think he's only kicked one point in this year's championship. And he isn't able to get himself into that link man role. And I do think they're missing that kind of a guy at the Big moment. Time. But maybe he might be pushed a bit further forward on Saturday. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if Westmead can just make this competitive and let's hope that they do. Yeah. Otherwise, it could be a long evening and off the ball. Uh, the game before that, so we're all going for a Mayo win there, I think. The game before that is Donegal Cork. This has become more and more intriguing as the last couple of weeks have gone on. Yeah. If you'd asked me about this prior to the Ulster final, I would have said there's only going to be one winner if it's Donegal that have to play Cork. Now I'm just not so sure. <laughs> One thing that really worried me from a Donegal point of view, and it's a small thing, from the Ulster final, when Rory Gallagher looked at his bench, he saw nothing. Mm. And he brought Anthony Thompson back on. Where was Liam McLoon? Liam McLoon was already, had already been brought on. He's on, on sorry. This yeah. is, but this is like yeah, when he yeah, comes yeah, to yeah. the last 10 I minutes know, and he's thinking, right, I need somebody else to make an impact. He doesn't bring one of his squad members, another member of the 26 in. He brings on Anthony Thompson. Again, yeah. And that tells me when you saw what the uh, substitutions that Mickey Hart did and the impact they had on the game. Kieran McGeary. That he just, um, Rory Gallagher does not have a squad of 20 guys that he really relies on. He probably has more like closer to 17, 18 possibly. The same guys coming off the bench for Donegal as well. Leo McLoon, Christy Toy. That's been the case for the last four or five years. The two Walshes were there for a couple of years. Yeah, they're not there anymore. So I, I do think Donegal have strength and depth issues. 
I also think that they have an issue, and we saw it, and it's and it's a very blatant example to use, but that injury time phase against Tyrone when the game, just for five minutes, opened up a little bit. The game plan was sort of thrown out the window. If you watch Cork, I know this is a really weird point to make, but if you watch Cork in the first half against Longford, they had no game plan. Yeah. And I think that actually might work in Cork's favour. <laughs> that and the fact that Pat Kelly's hip is now the second most important artefact in Cork after the Blarney Stone, because he is so unbelievably crucial to them. How many games has he turned on its heads in, in the last year? And I know I, I'm speaking from a, I'm a, from a heavy Kerry-weighted point of view, because he came on in that first game in the Munster final yeah. last year and totally transformed that game. Did the same against Longford. He is unbelievably important to this team. He is. And then you've got the, the young fellas, the likes of that Sean Powder who got a run out the last day. They're just infused with the likes of your Paul Kerrigan's, that experience in youth. And I know they've got a lot of their old heads out injured at the moment, but that infusion of, of youth. The return of Alan O'Connor is a big thing as well. Yeah, yeah. Get, that's almost like discovering a new player, getting Alan O'Connor back. Now, I don't think he's got more than an hour in him, but he could win an awful lot of ball in that first hour. Peter Keller has a brilliant option as well that Absolutely. they have at the edge of the square, and I expect Cork to start pumping some ball in and having someone. Maybe Alan Cadigan or somebody if you got to run off yeah. the bench just sniping around Peter Kelleher and just seeing what breaks he can pick up. Michael and Hurley scavenge. as well. And Brian Hurley, you would hope there must be something in him. At some stage this The Michael is... Uh, the Michael. The, the Michael of the Hurley family is a fairly handy footballer as well. Yeah, the next is. in this kind of generation of, of Cork footballers that they have started to unearth something which is really encouraging. I wonder are they building confidence like, or if they get a bad start on Saturday I, is that going to be the end of it for them? They've nothing to lose like. Do you not think so? I don't need the Vantan to lose. Like, everyone has written them off. Like, um, I honestly don't think they have anything to lose. I, I and think they're going out there with a, with, a, with a, like, if you're going out there with a lack of fear into Crow Park and you've got players there that can turn it on, you know, you've got Colin O'Neill and you've got Paul Kerrigan, you've got quality in your team. If, if it just clicks for them, they're going to cause Donegal problems. I don't think they've got nothing to lose. I think the hope, as Dave mentioned, has been building and bubbling quite you nicely quietly. especially this week Okay, people are okay. starting to think wait a minute Cork Cork haven't exactly gone anywhere from a player point of view and they do have a few nice young fellas also look at Donegal they can be easily rattled when uh, that somebody is? messes that, around with them that's the, the amount of carry lads in the media just talking Cork up for a fall that's what I think that is there was a very interesting Perhaps piece speaking of lads in the Kerry media for Darren O'Shea this week in the Irish Times where he talked about how injury time now is a factor yeah. in Gaelic football. He's right, it's an 80 minute game. 100%. That you're talking like an 80 minute game, exactly. Like certainly in the second half, you're now regularly seeing anything upwards of four to five, six, seven minutes at the end of a game. And that's Donegal just ran out of puff against Tyrone. It was Tyrone that had the legs in that last seven minutes. It was a Donegal team that had to bring Thompson back off the bench, yeah. like a 30 something who maybe, like a lot of this Donegal team, is best, the best days are behind them. Now, I, that was an argument I was trying to make earlier in the championship and then I saw them play really well twice against Monaghan and really well against Tyrone for about 61 minutes. Mm. And they still led the game going into injury time. So there's still a kick in the Stony goal team. There is. like They're, just, they're still the same machine in lots of ways, you know. On paper, they're a better team than Cork, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, 100%. There's no question about that. I think Donegal, I think Donegal are going to beat them. But I 100% agree that they haven't had, they don't have the panel. I haven't taken a proper punt on this podcast all summer, and I think this is where I'm going to oh, begin. Wow. Hold on to your hats. Yeah, hey. like you can just feel the excitement at the other side of the microphone right here. <laughs> Cork to win. Wow. If that is to happen, they need to keep Sleeping. the score down at one end, obviously, and they need Colm O'Neill, Paul Kerrigan to be at their influential best, which maybe they haven't been at for many years. What's the most Donegal have put up against any opposition this year? I don't know off the top of my head. Two thirteen direction. No, I don't know. 
in the in league and championship. No championship. Uh, well, yeah, around the, around about that. Yeah. They they that, that's around right. They got in both games against Monaghan. Obviously, against Toronto it was what eleven points. But, the, was but it? that's that's in games against extremely defensive teams that are mirroring, yeah, sort of mirroring their system. And th- that's why I'm being very cautious about saying, oh well, it's easy to keep Donegal down to 12, 13 points because I know that they've come up against like, those systems. And I'm Oran, not saying Cork like, are let's do not that. forget that Orm McNeilish has been superb Ryan McHugh was phenomenal oh, in that first 45 yeah. minutes but then bottled up in the second half yeah, completely gone out of Tyrone the game Tyrone 100% half. made like Mickey Hart knows what he's doing like, yeah, he just he analysed that and he was like can't let this kid do the same thing again um, and look and McHugh was such an important cog in, in Donegal's attack last week I think I saw I'm not sure it was, was it Martin McElhinney talking about it once McHugh was or was him McGee on the show even once Ryan we didn't have that link between Ryan and, and attack they just they found it difficult to know what to do um, you know McGuinness is talking about it that maybe they're a little bit one dimensional with their attack why don't they go direct in Crow Park why wouldn't they against a core team in particular like, they will not be dropping everyone behind the ball no. you think it won't be like a mass you? blanket defence on Saturday afternoon like? it could be a really entertaining game Donegal's record in Crow Park is not good they've lost plenty of big games there over the last three years pretty much going back to when they when they won the All-Ireland obviously they had a huge win against the Dubs in 2014 but they've lost that All-Ireland final to Kerry they were pretty easily beaten last year by Mayo and they annihilated by Mayo in the quarter-final and, and they've lost three of the last four Ulster finals like that's a pretty poor record yeah. and it, when it comes to the really big games and this maybe isn't considered one of the really big games but there's enough talent in the Cork team to leave you wary of just riding them off and assuming that Donegal are going to win this game by four points yeah if you're looking at Omens of course beating Cork would have been a, a massive step for Donegal in 2012 as well yeah. and that was a cracking game as Conor well. O'Neill's goal yeah just kind of left the heart fluttering if you're a Donegal supporter I was that watching game. that in a, in a in a garage in New York City <laughs> with my uncle from uh, from Guidor and it was just it was actually class it was, it was savage so are we going for Donegal just Tommy I'm going, Dunny, I'm going for Donegal. I reckon they're going to win by six or seven. We're, we're right, I wouldn't. I don't think it'll be that one sided, but I do think they'll win. But Owen is going for uh, almost a shock. Yeah, like in hope more than anything, and that's not because I have any. I'm not enamoured to Cork or anything like that. Just because, like, th- there's a performance in this young bunch of lads, and when they see the likes of a Pat Kelly or an Alan O'Connor giving them the fist pump and getting them right cheated up, if the game is still in the melting pot after fifty or sixty minutes, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him push it over the line. So let's move on to Sunday. Our live game is Claire Kerry. We've got Kieran McGinney and Anthony Malls in the commentary box. We must see Quinn on sideline duty. Um, I'm not going to get into the whole championship structure that allows Kerry to potentially make an All Ireland semi final by beating Clare and Tipperary. But it wouldn't be the case if Division One sides like Roscommon and Cork had got their ducks and, in a row and were able to actually get the finger out and play decent football and put in big performances and show that they had some kind of mental fortitude. Otherwise, that wouldn't be the case. They wouldn't be facing Clare again. But at the same time, I saw a piece from Owen Liston talking about how Kerry are hurting, but it's all about Dublin, that that's where the hurt is stemming from. They're a wounded animal. I don't think that has any relevance this Sunday. It no. might be if they get into an All-Ireland semi-final against the Dubs and obviously they've to put a whole series of bad defeats behind them when it comes to, to Dublin. But I look at this Kerry team and I don't see any, uh, anything close to it being a great Kerry team. No. Uh, like I, I don't totally agree with you about that point uh, of, on Dublin. I think that is still a carrot and it's not this week. It's not that Eamon Fitzmaurice is like, right, we win on Sunday, we're going to play Dublin. This has actually become part of Kerry's 2016 culture. B- 
beating Dublin. S- since they got hammered in April in the league final, I think that moment was was like, right, we know what side of the draw we're in. We know what side of the draw Dublin are in. There's a good chance we're going to win Munster again. We've got Cork in our own backyard. And I think from, it was supposed to be Cork, of course. Um, from that point then, I think Kerry were like, okay, we, we're going to have Dublin at some stage later on this year. We're going to have that chance for revenge. So I don't think it's in the context of this game at all. I think it's just been there all year that they know they have to get to that semi-final. And I think that that will provide enough motivation in terms of this being a great Kerry team or not. Like... Well, is it great to the extent that they'll just swat Clare away? Like, if you took the first two goals that they scored against Clare inside the one of which was minutes, incredibly fortuitous, fortuitous. Yeah, fortuitous. like fortuitous. are are Kerry streets ahead of Clare? Fortuitous, I think, is the word you're looking fortuitous, for. Fortuitous, I do apologise. <laughs> are they streets ahead of Clare? Like, can uh, Clare? They are. Come on, right. I'm just We're trying Stalin. to build a case here. It's probably not Look easy. Wide, I know they might have seen the quarterfinal down the line. But look at the wides they kicked in the second half against Roscommon. Well, it was a Clare team, I suppose, that were not surprisingly falling over the line by the end. Yeah. Because they're in a position they've never been before. And this is another game which is new territory for them. And I think it'll help that they've already played in Croke Park this year and won. Yeah. But, But like, come on. Like, you were at the Kerry Clare game earlier this year. And I I didn't see the midfield performance. But Gary Brennan was saying that Donaghy and Sheehan gave himself on O'Connor an absolute schooling. Certainly in the aerial stakes, yeah. he did. Um, and like Clare aren't going to go near. Like they didn't kick it that long against Roscommon either. No, the, the one thing I noticed about Clare against Kerry early in the championship was just how good Clare were on the ball, which is something that is worth pointing out, especially when they're up against Kerry, who are traditionally very good ball players. Um, the one thing though is, as you said, Dave, the way they fell over the line last week, completely on fitness. Like you saw Gary Brennan, the way he all, it was stumbling towards the ball uh, in the last five minutes. Well, he Ke- did say that he had yeah, a virus, yeah. didn't he, in the build-up to the game. And, you know, he kind of... He, lost he wasn't willing to use that well. as an excuse, but he felt he hit the wall in the last 10 or 15 minutes. And then them. obviously he's lost Kyle O'Connor as well, who will be playing in this game yeah. for, for that red card. Which is great news. Um, but still, this is eight days down the line. That wall might even come earlier in this game. And, and they're Ke- playing four weeks in a row now. Yeah. 100%. And Kerry have, whoever they start, they're more than likely going to have two top-class midfielders to bring off the bench as well, uh, unless they do something weird by starting Brian Sheehan at 11, which actually is more plausible than you think because of Gooch being out. Do you even um, have Buckley there though as well? as Neary Buckley's out. Oh, he's out, sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I think it's just laid on in the game, that midfield battle, because... It's all we talked about all year with Clare. It's just the two midfielders because they're that good. And I just think that once that fitness starts to win, Kerry will bring in. It'll probably be an Anthony Maher if if my intuition goes correctly. But it's here. terribly unfair that all we talk about are those two midfielders. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, like Jamie Malone was brilliant last weekend. Podge Collins is such an option. David Tubbery's a talented forward. Cleary's a really good forward. Gordon Kelly's as solid as he come and, and experienced as as, he, as you get at centre half back. Uh, Dean Kylie's not Dean Kylie. Dean, um, I've forgotten a second name. The corner Dean Ryan. Dean Ryan. Yeah. He was really Very impressive good. against Roscommon as well. Yeah. There are enough players in the Clare team, and they're playing with a degree of confidence that you would think they'll be able to produce a performance. Yeah, well, Pudge, now, it's not going to go far enough to see them like cause one of the greatest shocks of our time. But at the same time, it, I would hope they'll be able to play with a sense of freedom in Croke Park. And this occasion doesn't get to them, and they kind of limp out of the championship after what they've produced and brought to it over. I mean, they are the story of the summer themselves in Tipperary. They are, but if they have any real ambition, then they look at the two times Kerry got beaten in quarterfinals and they came up against uh, a very rigid downside in 2010, a very rigid Donegal side in 2012. Like, you talk about Clare going out and playing with freedom and that'd be great and all, but it, they don't really stand a hope of winning the game if that happens. 
Well, do they stand a hope of winning the game if they just completely rip up the playbook and start trying to play with a system no. on the back of like three games in a row where they've really gone at their opponents? Now, they do drop men behind that's, the ball, but they flood forward when they win the ball back. And that's really Roscommon, in the, given what they had to come back from, Roscommon were not able to deal with that kind of intensity and tempo in the first 10 minutes. I mean, they could have conceded three goals in the first 10 minutes alone. They're well, going to need to score three or four goals on Sunday yeah, if they're going to win this game. They can get hope from the way... Galway carved Kerry open in the quarterfinal two years ago. Yeah. What, um, what was the deficit in the Munster final this year between Kerry and Tip? 12 points, wasn't it? Right, it's going to be, it's going and to it be was, 12 in Park. Yeah. Um, it is, like. It is. Yeah, it's going to be, nice be a nice little game. Claire, like, don't get me wrong, I was being harsh there maybe in the second half against Roscommon because they'd done such a good job up to that. They've got lovely little footballers. It's going to be a nice game for, for 40 minutes. Right, well, yeah. We'll see. Let's hope it's a nice game for longer than that. But we do have plenty to offer in the commentary box with Moyles and McGinney, so um, they'll be able to provide plenty of inside analysis, even if the game is a little dead in the last 20 minutes or so. Let's hope it's not. Let's hope Clare can produce something that... um, that w- and we're not giving them enough respect, but we'll see. And if Kerry go out, they, they sort of lose lose really for Kerry, isn't it? Because they win this by a point. Everyone's thinking, yeah, oh, Kerry have absolutely no chance against Dublin. Assuming Dublin get past Donegal in the next round, and assuming Donegal get past Cork, and if they win by 15, 20 points, everyone'll say, well, they learnt nothing, and they're arriving into an All Ireland semi final now on the back of uh, two, three months without a single test in it. I don't think I'd, crazy, I'd be very surprised if Kerry don't win this game and then subsequently don't get beaten by Dublin in the All Ireland semi final. You'd be surprised if... They, sorry, you've if lo- you lost me there. You think they're going to beat Dublin in the All-Ireland semi-final? If, no, if they don't lose to Dublin in the All-Ireland semi-final. I just think Dublin are going to come off the back of again against Donegal and just be in a far better position than Kerry will be for that yeah, semi-final. It might be a worry for non-Dublin fans that they're going to get their test a game earlier this year and then, than they did last year. Exactly. Obviously. Right, so I think we're all looking at a Kerry win. It's just maybe a question of uh, how big a performance Clare can produce. Finally, this could be the game of the weekend. Tip Galway, mm. Hopefully 4 o'clock. If it's, it has the potential to be very similar to Tip Derry, I would have thought. And yeah. there are two teams that have some really good forwards. I mean, Conor Sweeney's performance last week was off the charts. Oh, he's so accurate. Now, I know the defending at times is awful. Like, just you wonder what Derry were at in the last 10 minutes. But, but those last two points, like, it doesn't matter where you're defending. Oh, yeah, he has, to, he has to score. Like, he actually has to score. He has There's to get no in the position to score as well. So, to A, get yourself in the position, but then win, get, get, receive the ball... And you know if you kick it wide, your team are out of the championship. Mm. That's the brilliant part of it, that there was so much pressure and he just swatted the pressure away and stuck the ball over the bar. I was so impressed, though, by how Tip found their shooter. Yeah, but I think Derry made it very easy for them to find their shooter. Yeah. I mean, for the second Conor Sweeney point... Yeah, how can you let him go? He's on his own. How can you let him go? He's not being marked by anybody. Still, though, to to, to have the composure to just say, right, we have to get the ball up here and we're not going to give it to Brendan Rodgers. We're not going to work with Brendan Rodgers to have the last shot of the game, your centre-back. You know, Mark Lynch was kind of hiding, I think, in that. Like, he was kind of looking in a little pocket. He should have been the man taking that shot on for Derry in the last few minutes. Yeah. Connor Sweeney made sure that he was the man that was going to get that ball and he was going to take on that responsibility. And the tip lads knew they were going to find him. And these lads now get to play in Croke Park. And of all the provincial champions that I think tip would fancy their chances of beating, it is Galway, isn't it? Absolutely, but Galway are going to score more than Derry scored last weekend. And Derry scored a lot. Like, last weekend was one of the best games of the championship and all. But at the same time, Tip got out of jail big time, conceding that much and winning a qualifier. Um, yeah. I, I just think Galway have far better forwards than uh, Tipperary. It's it's great to see the likes of Sweeney stepping up, though, in terms of um, Tipperary, because 
quite similar to Clare. We've been talking about one or two players all year. We've been talking about Michael Quinlevin mm. all year for Tipperary. Tip, tip do have really good forwards. Like yeah, Josh Philip Austin and Josh, Josh Keane and uh, Peter Aitchison. Brian they've, Fox. They've had some really good displays this year. I would, what would worry me is I remember the two. I did the commentary for TV in the game two years ago. Then Tullamore, that game of the incredible touch from Shane Walsh when yeah. the ball arrived and it's one kill it with one foot and stuck it over the bar with the other. And they, Tipperary, were in that game with 10 minutes left and then they just conceded, was it three goals yeah. in space for about five minutes and you're they're just that blown crazy, apart. Crazy they are vulnerable. They do concede goals and the score racked up by Derry would be a huge worry. And Galway have had two weeks now to celebrate winning the Connacht Championship to digest what's been going on and enjoying the fact they've won it for the first time in eight years. And Croker, like the game will be open, it'll be there for them. Um, Shane it could was be a huge score. They've had some nice performances in Croke Park over the last few years. They need another big one. Galway, like, Galway. I've been sure it's fifteen the years. The drought. No, but like the like the confidence they're going to garner from so far this year, and even the performance they've put up in the last couple of years, like they need a, a, another big one here to push them on another level. And I think if they don't win it. it, it's it's a curse. It's not a drought. If they don't win this one, it's huge. There's like, some kind of a Croke Park hoodoo it must hovering be. over Galway. That they can go there and leave that many times without a win would be quite incredible. But it's incredible that one of these two teams would be in an All-Ireland semi-final. Like, you would not have predicted that before the start of the championship. I know it's the way the draw has gone out. But to see Tip in an All-Ireland semi-final would just be magnificent. Yeah. The the one problem I have with Tip this week, though, is what on earth is Liam Kearns complaining about? I've heard, I've, I've seen him complain about nothing this week. So how on earth do they stand a chance of being any way competitive if Liam Kearns is not giving a rallying cry? <laughs> is there anything like, is there like the bus route we can kind of I'm, look at? Or I'm sure there? the dressing rooms will be far too unpleasant for his liking and we'll see some outbursts in the pre-match interview. Um, but no, I, th- I think Galway, are, the, the fact that they're going to win this game is nothing to do with firepower or anything like that. It's just to do with the fact that they've conceded one goal in the, la- one goal in the last three games and I think they're going to need goals to win this game. And I can't see them getting past Galway in that regard. Yeah, they haven't looked vulnerable at all. The one man is really Quinn is, he's so dangerous around that. He's so dangerous. But I'm sure Galway have a way of bottling him up. You yeah. deal with him, force him out the field maybe, you've got a, a, a chance of maybe just not allowing Tipperary into yeah. the game at all. And suddenly those Sweeney points seem ten times harder when you're under the Hogan stands. Mm. Than the, the thing about Sweeney as well, like he's, he's not actually that strong and he's not that quick. He's just superbly accurate. Yeah. Well, know, they'll need every bit of his accuracy Kine, on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think three of us are leaning towards a Galway victory. I think everybody's just, if they do get past Tipperary, is really looking forward to seeing what Galway could do in an All-Ireland semi-final um, and against a Toronto Romeo. That would just be spectacular to watch. Mm. If they have it in them, this could be a Galway team that maybe has real um, parallels with what happened in 1998. Yeah. I watched that documentary very recently. It would be quite Some special to see Galway strong again. And it is great for football to have Clare and Tipperary in an All-Ireland quarter-final, potentially. Well, Clare, they are in the quarters, but to see them there and to see four potential Munster teams in an All-Ireland quarter-final lineup would be quite special. And in, in an era where we bitch and moan so much about championship structure and the one-sided nature of the championship, there have been a few stories this year. Yeah, that is because of the one-sided nature of the championship as well. But I love that. I love a lopsided uh, championship the way it's turned out to be. Because as you said a few minutes back, the only reason that it's turned out to be so is because of the two shocks we experienced in Mayo getting beaten and then Cork getting beaten in the same weekend, actually. Um, like I've seen people, particularly in the Kerry media, complaining this week, uh, almost feeling targeted by some of the national coverage about this. 
like I think that's absolutely bizarre and weird to get really wound up about this thing saying oh no Kerry are there and Merritt and they will be if they win the quarter final the next day it's nothing to do with the fact that they've beaten two crappy teams over three games like Clare and Tipperary are there totally on Merritt I yeah. agree with what Eamon Tassar not Kerry's fault no, not at all and I don't think anybody's having a go at them I think they're having a go at the structure and I think there's merit in that but I also think there's merit in what Eamon Fitzmaurice is saying about this disrespect shown towards Clare and Tipperary um, like personally I would say it has been disrespectful towards them but you can kind of see where he's coming from well there was uh, maybe we'll finish with championship structures there was a very good uh, World Cup type championship structure put up by Conan Doherty on um sportsshow.ie and it's something a lot of us on Off the Ball have been advocating for quite some time now where you just have your 32 teams you've got 8 groups of 4 and the top 2 go into the last 16 of the All-Ireland Championship everyone gets to play at least 3 games and if you wanted to you could then split it up into a second tier championship where the bottom 2 in each group go into the last 16 of the All-Ireland A Championship whatever you want to call it someday you would pray and hope that this will happen that they, all the preliminary competitions will be dispensed with, the league will be run off between January and March, yeah. and the provincial championships will take place in March and April, and the All-Ireland Championship will be done by the end of August, and the club player will finally get a break. And Dave McIntyre gets to go on holiday in early <laughs> September. Maybe, can maybe. We, can we end with Shane Bennett's pass? Uh-huh. Ah. Like, the, like, screw the championship structures, let's just end with that bit of genius. It's all over Twitter, it's all over YouTube. Ah. If you haven't seen Bennett's pass One over of those his moments. head last night, I... Absolutely hope that he knew exactly where he the runner was. He did, like that's just pure genius. Like. I, 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 there's a strong argument to be made that the uh, All Ireland Under Twenty One Hurling Championship is the best competition around. Like that Wexford goal last year. The Munster Under Twenty One Hurling Championship is the best competition around. Yeah. Sponsored by Borgosh Energy, who also happen to be sponsors Absolutely. of GA nice and segue. Off the Ball. Lads, been interesting. We will speak next week when we've got um, two All Ireland quarterfinals and an All Ireland Hurling semi final to look forward to. Lovely. We'll chat to you later on. Have a good weekend and enjoy the GAA. The Friday GAA podcast with thanks to GAA Go, official home for live and on-demand GAA match streaming worldwide. Goal on here, goal chance for Conor McGrath. Surely give it in, Conor. What a goal. Mackie heading it towards the 21-meter line. Team Mackie still going. Goal is up for Cats. What a goal. I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now anywhere in the world. It's time to take Sam to throne. If you look back in sporting history, you'll see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly. But will stick in your mind that the champions who showed class. I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. A small change before the game, worth the street. <laughs> it looks like Donovan Connor back. Wild effort on goal. It's over! Oh, 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 it's over! 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 It's